1: We would like to offer our respects to the traditional owners of all generations upon whose lands this podcast has been created. We'd also like to acknowledge
0: any First
1: Nations listeners.
0: This episode of The New Writers' Room is brought to you in partnership with the 2022 Sydney Writers' Festival. It's just a pleasure to just read someone's work, a novelist like her, who is so skilled at creating that and so i'm really excited about hearing her in person and just to kind of see her thought processes and how she actually goes about doing what she does which is just magical in my opinion Hello and
1: welcome to the New Writers Room, a podcast for emerging writers. My name is Caitlin Chang and I am editor at SBS Voices. Today I am joined by my new co host, SBS Voices senior writer and presenter, Sarah Malik. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Caitlin. How are you going? I'm very well. It's very nice to have you back on the New Writers Room in a bit more of a permanent situation. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here because you know how much I love books and I'm such a book nerd, so to just be able to talk about it on a podcast is a dream for me.
1: And this episode is all about books. Today we are dedicating this episode to the upcoming Sydney Writers' Festival, which is one of the premier literary events of the year and one that the SBS Voices team always looks forward to. So now this is a podcast for writers, and what better way to get some inspiration than a writers' festival? So we've just looked over the Sydney Writers Festival program, which has just been released, and honestly, it is like literary Christmas,
0: uh, literary Eve in my case. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's a book party time. I'm really excited. So the festival it takes place at Sydney's Carriage Works, which is such a convenient location, right in the city, from May 16 to May 22. It's in its 25th year, so it's really going to be a program that I think will be extra special because it's got that quarter centenary factor. And Caitlin, I just can't believe that it's that time of year again. You know, Sydney Writers Festival is back live. I know. It's very exciting.
1: So tell us a bit about this year's theme, Sarah. So this year's
0: theme, Caitlin, is Change My Mind, which I really like. You know, it's A question. It's a demand. Is it a suggestion? Is it an entreaty? I really love the ambiguity of that. Mm, And I guess with like so much, you know, opinion
1: flying around, and people are very much in their camps online. The whole idea of changing someone's mind is actually quite radical. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And unusual.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is a a lovely way to phrase a festival of ideas where we can do that with each other in a provocative way, in a gentle way, in a way where we can see each other's faces. Yes. And uh, I just really like that concept. Um, So I'm excited about it. And, look, we've gone through all the sessions. There were so many. There there were over 200 sessions this year and Mm. they're all amazing. Like there's just so much. And we thought, hey, let's distill it to the top five that we loved and we think would be great for freelancers, for students that has a bit of something for everyone. Um, so what do you think, Kaylin? What do you think of the top five? The first thing
1: that I'm really excited about with this year's festival is that there are actually going to be some international authors coming to our shores. They'll actually be there live in the flesh, which is, you know, something we haven't had the last couple of years. It kind of feels a little bit like pre-COVID times, which is nice. So the first session I wanted to talk about was Hanya Yanagihara, who will be appearing live in person. She first came onto the literary scene with her debut novel, A Little Life, in 2015. And it was devoured by book lovers and was also shortlisted for the Booker Prize, which, I mean, what a dream for a first-time author. Hanya will be appearing at three sessions during the festival, but if I had to pick just one session, it would be her in discussion with Anton Enos talking about the latest novel To Paradise. According to the program, she will be discussing the themes of love, loss, and this elusive promise of utopia. And Anton Enos is just such a thoughtful interviewer, so this will be a really interesting conversation. This one was on your list too, wasn't it, Sarah?
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about Hanya because, you know, a lot of us, we've been stuck in lockdown over the last few years. And for book lovers, it's really been a time where, you know, books helped you survive that period. And Hanya's books are those kinds of books where you can just be fully engrossed in this world. And it's such a deep world. It's so engrossing. Her worlds are so vivid. Her novels are so vast and they span lifetimes and eras and It's just a pleasure to just read someone's work, a novelist like her, who is so skilled at creating that. And so I'm really excited about hearing her in person and just to kind of see her thought processes and how she actually goes about doing what she does, which is just magical, in my opinion. Um, And, you know, her latest book. Um I'm really interested to hear her talk about it because she does this thing where she has these really ambitious novels and they sweep through eras and really big themes like Dostoevsky like themes of love and loss and existence but she does it in such a subversive way so her latest book she explores love but from a very non-heteronormative viewpoint it's it's just kind of laced through the book in a really ordinary way and so that in itself is really radical and I love that she does that where she turns things around by having characters who fall in love in ways that are so outside the heteronorm but also seem so perfectly ordinary and everyday. You know, they're not battling discrimination. They're not facing these issues with the outside world. They're just being themselves. And I just really love that. I I love how she writes and her mind. And I think, you know, having an insight into that mind through this session will be incredible.
1: Mm, Yeah, she's definitely quite an (laughs) intriguing author And quite an intriguing mind, especially, like you mentioned, the way she does write from these non-heteronormative perspectives. I find that really fascinating. And I find her just a really interesting person. I mean, not only has she written these really epic novels, she's also the deputy editor of T, which is the New York Times Style magazine. So honestly, I think anyone who can write these huge bodies of work while also having a day job is kind of iconic in my book.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. It's the day shift and then the night shift, right? <laughs>
1: I know, I just can't I don't I can't fathom it and I'm always kind of in awe of very productive people like that. So that's our number one pick, Hanya Yanagihara. Sarah, what's
0: another session that you've picked out from the program? I would have to say that I'm very excited about Jackie Huggins and Chelsea Wadigo in conversation with Larissa Barent. That is a session which I'm really excited about because I saw Chelsea and Larissa in conversation with Amy Maguire at All About Women Mm. and the Opera House and it was fire. Uh, I swear (laughs) that session was so good and in it they were kind of calling out white feminism and this idea that we need to really decenter whiteness as this innocuous thing, as this you know default thing and really name it in the same way I guess you know um, women's activists are really talking about like let's name men's violence you know instead of just talking about women and what women need and what women's problems are and in the same way they were turning that around and so I'm really excited about this because you know history is really contested in Australia and you know who writes it what it says about us and who gets to tell those stories so in this event the three of them are really coming together and talking about centering black stories and and how radical that is and it's something that I'm um, I'm really excited about because we've had so many, you know, national conversations around January 26 and the last few years we've had, you know, Black Lives Matter and the protests around, you know, history and historical monuments kind of being toppled down. And I think that is really topical and there's a lot of national myths and founding stories that are being interrogated in the modern age.
1: Yeah, it's going to be quite a, I think, urgent conversation and these are three really formidable women. Jackie Huggins, you know, she has written a lot about the marginalisation of Aboriginal women. Her book, Sister Girl, Reflections on Tittaism, Identity and Reconciliation, was first released 24 years ago, but she actually republished it in February this year because... Obviously, she feels that the injustices of faced by First Nations people in Australia, it hasn't really changed since the book was first published. I believe she said it hasn't changed one iota. So the republished work actually has some new essays in it, and I think she will have some really amazing things to say. And Chelsea Watergo's essay collection, Another Day in the Colony, which was released last year and does have an element of memoir to it, it recounts, you know, what it's like being a First Nations person in this country today. And she says it all in the title, um, Another Day in the Colony. So I think this will be a real truth-telling conversation and I kind of can't wait to see it. It's going to be really kind of engaging and also, I think, enraging, but rightly so.
0: Yeah, I think that this is one that we all need to listen to. Um, So I'm glad that it's being centred and it's happening. Um, But another one that I'm really keen on, um, and I think this is because I'm a Western Sydney girl, (laughs) as you guys know. Um, So it's Omar Saka and George Haddad, who are two debut Western Sydney novelists. And look, disclaimer, I am hosting this one. (laughs) Sarah, we've got to we've
1: got to plug you on the pod, okay? Exactly. This
0: is this is the purpose of having a podcast, right? Like you yeah. need to. You need to plug your own stuff. So, no, Omar and George I'm very excited about because I just think they're just such, they're so well-paired for this session and, yeah. you know, when you have two people who I think their themes that they're working on are so similar and I think that they have such depth in, in their work and I, I'm i interested to see how they interact with each other as well Um, because sometimes you have an interviewer who comes in and they're outside of field, they start at A and the, the subject is at, you know, M and you don't really get to like, you know, Z. <laughs> you know, yes. you, you, you're you at A. And so I think they're going to both start at M and then we're going to go all the way to Z, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and I'm excited about it because, you know, I remember, look, I, I, I'm confessing my millennial status here, but look, I remember growing up in the 2000s, the noughties, and this was a terrible time. You know, the media representations of Arab men, of Muslim men, of Muslims in general were really negative. You know, there was a lot of vicious representations around Muslim men as predators, as gangsters, all that kind of stuff. And so to live in an age where we're seeing this kind of beautiful, nuanced novels coming out of this era from people who kind of live that is incredible. And yeah, I, I just can't wait to kind of hear them speak about, you know, masculinity and sexuality and family and identity and all these themes in a really sensitive and tender way and from a place that's really familiar with me, you know, a, a region that I grew up in with which has really deep um, immigrant histories.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that you were (laughs) moderating this one. (laughs) I actually, um, I feel like Western Sydney is having a cultural renaissance and it has been over like the last decade. There's so much amazing work coming out of this area. I mean, you look at um, the amazing work that Michael Muhammad Ahmed does with Sweatshop and also his novels kind of interrogating the stereotypes around Arab men from Western Sydney. You look at, the work of the likes of Peter Polites. And I think that the talent has always been there. So it's really validating to see that the publishing world invests in artists like Omar and George. And, I mean, Omar Saka isn't a new writer. You know, he's a very established poet, but... His first novel, Son of Sin, has just come out. So I think it'll be a really amazing discussion about Western Sydney and I'm really excited to see you up there
0: repping Penrith, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Caitlin. I'm going to try to rep SBS Voices and West as, as much as possible. And honestly, it is awesome just to see these writers up there on that stage at the Sydney Writers' Festival. I grew up going to these festivals thinking, look, they they weren't for me, you know, they weren't for people like me. And just to have writers like that foregrounded and centred and to have the publishing world actually sit up and notice us is is huge because, yeah, like you said, these voices, they've always been there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll continue to see more and more uh, Western Sydney artists popping up in these festivals. So there are actually three of our top picks, Sarah, which I agree will be so engaging. And the next three we're talking about are actually all free sessions, which was actually a deliberate decision by us because we wanted all of our listeners students, aspiring artists, emerging writers, to be able to go and attend these sessions. I mean, provided you're in Sydney, obviously, (laughs) which actually brings us directly to our next session that's going to be a standout. And it's actually a top pick for me. It's called Class Dismissed at the Margins of Identity. So First Nations writer and activist, Tony Birch, who is actually a guest curator at this year's festival, will be speaking to Christos Chalkis, academic and writer, Amy Tunig, and, again, George Haddad, about how class informs their work. I really love the sound of this session and the description in the program which says, The myth of a classless society continues to be eulogised in Australia despite obvious inequalities underpinning wealth and privilege. So I think I am just here for this whole revision of the whole idea that everyone gets a fair go in Australia. I mean, we might be a country of people who sit in front of a taxi, but, you know, what does that really mean? Um, So I think this will be a really fascinating conversation, especially to hear the thoughts of someone like Christos Choukas compared to George Haddad, who it's kind of like old guard and new guard.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, and I think that this was one of the sessions that we all agreed on. Yes right? Like we were all like, yes, yes, yes. And it is such a controversial topic. You think that it wouldn't be, but I think that money is just, it's more taboo than religion or sex talking about money. It's one of the most taboo topics. And you know that if you ever try asking someone how much money they earn. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right, right. And so I think this whole session about what it means to be poor in Australia and just exploding this myth that we have of meritocracy and just, you know, everyone gets what they earn and deserve and you got to pull yourself up by your bootstrap, it can really kind of provoke a lot of discomfort and denial exploding that myth. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this dream lineup because it's something I think about a lot, you know, class, social mobility, how it intersects with race and your kind of position in Australia's social hierarchy and and I think that this really does inform what kind of artists we have, what kind of stories they tell. And, you know, look, I think that this this is one of those invisible things that really informs everything and it even informs what kind of artists we have in society because, look, if you don't have the money, you're not going to be able to afford a room of your own, as Virginia Woolf yeah. said. And if you don't have a room of your own, you're not going to be able to write because, let's face it, you know, writers get paid, I think the average Salary for a writer in Australia is something like $10,000, Caitlin. Can you believe that?
1: So, you need a day job.
0: (laughs) You need a day job, right? And I think that these types of sessions are a real relief for me because they're a big reassurance that, hey, look, our society, it's not neutral. And so, if you're coming up against it, if you're struggling against it, you know, it's not all on you. You know, it's not all because you're not good enough or you're not working hard enough. Race and class inform everything, including our workplaces, including our social structures, our economies. And there's a lot of workplaces that are not designed for you, or they're in fact designed to exclude you. And that is actually not a personal thing; it's a structural thing. So having people talk about these kinds of themes, I think, yeah, it just makes you feel like, ah, oh, okay, they get it. You know, yeah. I'm not just I'm not just struggling on my own, or my friends of color are not just struggling with these issues on their own. So it's a real reassurance and Mm. the stats speak for themselves, Caitlin. You know, I think there was something from the US that said that for every dollar earned by a white man, a black woman earns 63 cents. Mm. That's 17% less than a white woman. So look, that burger that's costing, you know, another lady like 10 bucks, that's costing me 15 bucks. That's a lot for a burger, Sarah. Damn (laughs) it. It's a POC tax out there, you know. That's like Wagyu
1: beef, you know, prices.
0: (laughs) It's not Wagyu beef I'm getting, you know, so.
1: Yeah. I do think that there's something kind of validating in hearing these conversations and, like, hearing these things that you've thought that you've kind of thought internally being articulated on such a big stage and... I think it'll be a really kind of important conversation and one that needs to be discussed even especially kind of, well, you know, all industries, but like you said, it's really hard to be a writer and and to solely be a writer. So Yeah, I think these conversations around class and like who gets to be an artist and who gets to have the luxury and the freedom to write novels. I think that's a really important one. And another session which I'm really interested in seeing is The Accessible Writer. So this features Liz Martin who is the CEO of Accessible Arts alongside Fiona Murphy, Gail Kennedy and Eliza Hull who recently edited an anthology about parenting with disability called We Got This. So this panel is basically discussing the reality and pathways for writers with disabilities or writers who are deaf. So as an editor, I want to find out what I don't know, if that makes sense. And I think this discussion will be quite eye-opening and very timely because one of the things that I noticed, and I think you did too, Sarah, is with the SBS Emerging Writers Competition, We did have a lot of entries from writers with disability. So I think it's a really important topic of conversation. And I think when we do talk about diversity and inclusion and access, we do often leave disability out of the conversation.
0: 100%. And I think we need to acknowledge how all of these things intersect, you know, race, class, disability, and we need to get educated. So I I actually love this session And I think the writing competition and, you know, having those stories come in and and reading them, learning from them, learning from this session, absorbing that information, I think is important for all of us.
1: Definitely. And so what else are you looking forward to seeing, Sarah?
0: All right, so this one is a bit left to field and it's a bit of a fun one. <laughs> Good. yes. Yeah, so I think we need a bit of fun and, you know, because we've, we've we've done all the heavy political sessions, you know, things that are really going to leave us thinking and absorbing and talking for ages. Yeah, but this one I, I think that I I really love this one. It's by Sarah Walker and the title of this, I just love this title. It's amazing. Um, the Joys of Being Absolutely Shithouse at Sport. <laughs> Relatable. Yes, look, it's a fire title, relatable, very relatable for me because I don't know about you, Caitlin, but I was that kid that was picked last in sport all the time. <laughs> yeah, look, I, and it, it's pretty scarring, you oh. know. So th- the session talks about how Sarah rejected the world of sport until she discovered the mental health benefits and freedoms that really come from allowing yourself to be bad at something. Mm. And look, I think it's just really quirky and entertaining and different and. So I'm really looking forward to this one um, because, you know, there's been this whole shift culturally that we talk more openly about mental health and therapy and somatic therapies, which is really somatic therapies about movement and how movement can help your mental health. And so I think this is just going to be a, a good one, a fun one, but also one that will be kind of in line with the zeitgeist at the moment. Yeah. And also I think it's just it's a really great one for emerging writers. And I'll explain this. I know you're like, what do you mean? But I mean, look, I took up swimming recently. I know that you have heard a lot about my swimming adventures, Caitlin. Yeah, I'm amazed. I can't
1: even swim a full lap of a Olympic pool doing freestyle. I don't think I could do 10 metres freestyle.
0: Yeah, so look, I've actually gone from floundering in a pool to attempting, attempting, keyword, to do ocean swimming, and it's been bloody hard. It's been scary. It's been really a kind of scary Huge journey for me. Yeah, there are sharks in the ocean. There are sharks in the ocean. You know, I'm not a white girl who grew up doing nippers and jumping into the ocean, you know. And so this has been really recent for me, even learning to swim, swimming in a pool, and then going on to do ocean swimming. And so I really relate to Sarah, you know, and this idea of going out of your comfort zone to try something different and try something physical. Because, you know, as a rider, being a rider really means going into the unknown. Mm. So being an artist means you're creating something new in the world, you're doing something uncertain, and the brain really resists that because the brain wants to stay comfortable. It wants to stay doing what it knows how to do. And so venturing into that unknown territory is something that is terrifying. It's panic-inducing. It's the type of thing that keeps you waking up at 2 (laughs) a.m. thinking, what am I doing? So I think that this is a great tool or a session for emerging riders in a kind of comparative way um, of, yeah, like kind of learning the lessons that you get from doing something new, whether it's sport or swimming or um, a hobby and kind of applying those skills to writing, which is, you know, there's going to be that pain. There's going to be that fear of doing something new. There's going to be that venturing into the unknown, But that journey can be just so rewarding and such a worthy journey to go on. Just diving under that first
1: wave, you know, you can't really see what's underneath the phone, but you just dive under and, you know, it's a bit cold, but it always pays off. You know, you never regret a swim.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, what's the alternative? Staying on the shore. Mm, Absolutely. And before
1: we go, do you think we can plug our own SBS Voices panel, Sarah? (laughs) Yes, why are we being so shy about this? We 100% have to, and we will. <laughs> so you're moderating this one too, Sarah. Tell us all about it. Okay,
0: so it's called um, What If My Mum Reads This? And Benjamin Law is part of the lineup as well as Emerging Writers Competition winners. And I think that this one is going to be fire, honestly, because number one, Caitlin came up with this title, which I think nails it. <laughs> it's that little voice you have to ignore. Yeah, look, it's that little voice that all of us have in the back of our mind when we're writing deeply personal stories. What if my mom write, reads this? What if my family reads this? What will this mean for me? And that's literally what you know all writers are thinking about when we're writing about our personal lives. So I think kind of these writers talking about the tensions of that, of being vulnerable on the page, of writing their personal stories, and the impact that that's had on their lives, Um, I think will be one that if you are thinking about writing memoir or you are in the process of writing memoir, I think that this will be something to really jump into to listen to because their experiences and their advice of how they navigated it could be really useful and relevant to you.
1: Mm. I think Benjamin Law is going to be a really great kind of special guest as one of the judges on our inaugural SBS Emerging Writers Competition in 2020. And also someone who writes so openly about his family, you know, he's no holds bars and like he knows his mum's going to read it. and. How amazing, how awesome is his his mum anyway. But um, yeah, I think he'll have some really good insights. And I think it's going to be great to see our two previous Emerging Writers Competition winners, Alana Hicks and Kat Yen, both on the stage together. And don't forget, if you do want to read their award-winning memoir pieces. If you haven't already, you can find them on the SBS Voices website, or you can check them out in previous episodes of The New Writer's Room where they have both appeared in episodes reading excerpts from their stories. So Yeah, I'd highly recommend if you want, if you're heading to that session to do a bit of pre-reading, a bit of homework. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And just a quick recap of the sessions that we've chatted about today. We have Jackie Huggins and Chelsea Watergo, George Haddad and Omar Saka, Class Dismissed at the Margins of Identity, The Accessible Writer, Sarah Walker on the joys of being absolutely shithouse at sport and Hanya Yanagihara to Paradise. So if you haven't already, it's time to go and check out the program and bookmark a few of your favorites at the Sydney Writers Festival website. So just head to swf.org.au. And thank you so much
0: Sarah for the chat today. Uh, it's a pleasure, you know we could probably do this all day, um, but we have to go back to work and also I can't wait to see everyone at the festival. Yes, hopefully <laughs> we'll
1: see some friendly faces down at Carriage Works in May. Thanks so much for listening. Bye everyone. The New Writers' Room is produced by Caitlin Chang and Sarah Malik with audio production by Jeremy Wilmot. Our executive producers are Natalie Hambly and Danielle Teuch. If you'd like to read more about our top picks from the Sydney Writers' Festival, head to sbs.com.au forward slash voices. And don't forget, you can find SBS Voices on Facebook or on Twitter.
0: This episode of The New Writers' Room was brought to you in partnership with the 2022 Sydney Writers' Festival.